0: Welcome to the Dance Floor, where life lessons are learned through the art of dance. I'm your host, Anna Harsh, and today I have a special guest, a former principal dancer for the Martha Graham Dance Company, and now a teacher, a professor at Vassar College in New York, Mr. Steve Rooks. Welcome to the Dance Floor, Steve.
1: It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to reconnect. I really appreciate it.
0: I miss your classes. I so Can't wait to get back on the dance floor for real with you and and study (laughs) and and move.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to it as well. But again, it's good to reconnect at least at this level.
0: Absolutely. Uh Um, I think we're all kind of reaching outside of our box right now to kind of connect with all dancers and be creative.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of been the de rigueur now. uh, And it seems like there's hope that things are starting to open up. So I'm really happy about that as well
0: me too me too um can you tell my listeners like what what was your dance journey like how did you get into dancing and was that always your passion
1: no in fact i always refer to myself as a backdoor dancer and this is what i mean i feel like the dance world is this room of people you know that have had journey they did intensives when they were young and they they kind of grew up going to doing the summer you know the summer dance things um, and they kind of have these careers. And I kind of came in the back door because I started so late. I actually didn't begin dancing until after I left college. Um, wow. it was, yeah, it was it was really amazing. When I was in college, when I was at Dartmouth College, the Dance Theater of Harlem came to visit our campus. And um, I knew nothing really about classical dance. I was there as a music major though. Um, and someone invited me to go to the show. And I kind of went, uh, the place was packed. And literally at the minute that the curtain went up, I was transfixed. It was just something, I think being able to connect with the dancers uh, in terms of culturally, because it's the dance of Harlem was the first predominantly African-American company uh, that was directed by Arthur Mitchell. So there was that connection culturally, but also, you know, um, all of the the stereotypes I had about dance, particularly men dancing were all immediately in one fell swoop wiped out. The men were powerful, athletic, and the whole bit. So I started getting hooked. And um, I did finish my music degree at Dartmouth, but then when I left, I moved back to Washington, D.C. and was teaching, actually assistant teaching a special education class in public school. And I was taking dance classes at night. Uh, And this choreographer, Greg Reynolds, who used to be a dancer with Paul Taylor, saw me in class and he said, you know, I think you may have some ability here. He said, but you really need to give it a shot. Uh, He said, why don't you come to New York uh, and um, just be like an understudy at my company and try taking classes? He said, look, if it works, you know, you can stick it out. If not, you can come back home. But at least, you know, you're starting so late, you want to try to give it a shot while you can. So I took him up on it. And he said, uh, he suggested that I audition for a scholarship at Alvin Ailey, which, you know, at that time, I didn't have any concept that that would probably be a too noble a thing, but I did it. I auditioned for a scholarship program. It was a hot, sweaty day, and it was just this room full of men. But anyway, a long story short, I got a full scholarship, and so I went from taking five classes a week after only been dancing a year to eighteen classes a week. The first month, That's I insane. lost yeah, the first month I lost twenty pounds. But then began my journey. I I was in the Ailey program for about four years, ended up going into the second company, the Repertory Company, and while I was there, I started falling in love with the Graham technique. Uh, and then I auditioned for a scholarship at the Graham School. And so it was kind of moonlighting, taking classes at Graham while I was dancing at Ailey. But Martha and Ron uh, saw me in a workshop class. And about a month after that, they offered me a contract. So that was Get after out. I'd been dancing for four years. Wow. Uh, so then the journey began with Graham. So that's kind of the beginning. So it's kind of...
0: Wow. Fun. You know, yeah. to me, that speaks of taking that chance. Mm-hmm. You just never know who's going to introduce you to what. And right. taking that chance, you're like, yeah, sure, it sounds great. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. And wow. You no, know, I think, I think, yeah, I think they said, but it's also just understanding what a precious opportunity it was. I mean, something I was very, I think starting so late, I, there was a level of desperation and I wanted to absorb and get everything I could uh, because if I was, if this was going to work, it's going to take me giving everything. And for thank sure. God, it, 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 that was, you know, kind of at work for me. It was a lot of hard work, it was all uphill but it was worth it.
0: It was worth it. Yeah. What was the moment like uh, meeting Martha herself?
1: It was wonderful. What had happened was actually, uh, we were learning an excerpt from a piece called Dark Meadow. This was some of the scholarship students. And as kind of a treat, we sh- we showed it to Martha as just what we had been working on. And I kind of, in my mind, I was thinking, well, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show this to Martha Graham. Then I'll go back to Alien and we'll go on tour and then it'll be like that. No big deal. But, but <laughs> while, afterwards the executive director pulled me aside and said, Hey, uh, you know, who are you? And blah, 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 and I kind of described my story. And he told me, he said, look, why don't you learn one of Martha's pieces uh, and show it to her and see what she thinks about it. He said, I'll give you a month to do it. Uh, you can use all our audio visual equipment, but just, you know, uh, work on it and then, and then show it to her. And I thought, great, an opportunity to meet Martha and show her the piece. So I did it. I worked on the yellow variation from diversion of angels. Uh, went a month later on a, a July hot July evening I showed it to her she said hey I'm going to go out in the garden and talk thank you very much for showing it to me and I thought that was it but then a week later uh Ron called me in and said hey we'd like to offer you a contract and that was even before the audition for the company they just put me out and i was based on that, that
0: just blows my mind I mean because I, I've studied her work throughout college myself when I was right. a dance major and Taken Graham classes and enjoyed my workshops with you as well. And her work to me was just so inspiring, but so Mm -hmm. deep, like so mental, like.
1: Right. Well, you know, they've often said that, you know, it's a very meat and potatoes technique. It's because, you know, Martha spent so much time revealing the inner drama, you know, and showing the effort in the movement. And, and it's, it kind of, has a a special, you have to have a special palette, I think, for it and for me it it just it just spoke to me it just made sense the physicality made sense and you were and it's it's a technique that trains you to be you know to get better and so all of those elements just really sat well for me
0: yeah for sure her technique is no joke um (laughs) you know you don't play in that kind of technique there is no room for that um it just it spoke to me as well every time I would take a class I'm like oh, I love the strength. Oh, I mm-hmm. love the spiral. I love this contraction. It feels so good to me. Mm-hmm. It just spoke to me too. And that's why I was like, oh, I just, I have to know more about her. And I, I know throughout college, I did that. And and did some pieces that were Martha-esque, of you course, know, when I would choreograph, course, yeah. I think they were very Martha-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, somebody stopped me a, after a festival, I was performing and did a modern piece. And they're like, have you taken Graham technique? <laughs> I was like, a little, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, just her lines, the way she breaks lines, mm. the way she told a story through yeah. movement.
1: But her understanding of theater, I think, is without compare. She everything was specific on stage. I mean, it yes. wasn't an arbitrary entrance; it had to have something was kind of related to the subtext of the piece. And I really liked that specificity. And it's kind of informed even how I think about choreography sometimes, just that it it, sh- it it shouldn't be arbitrary. There should be a reason behind it. It doesn't mean that everything has to have a storyline, but right. there needs to be a sense of structure. And just when you look at her works, there's such clarity, even in the midst of this social and internal emotional drama, this, everything is very clear and everything is very specific in its organization. So yeah. Really- I- Yeah,
0: and I was talking to another choreographer recently and she talked a lot about entrances and exits to me. And I thought of Martha Graham as well. And that really reminded me because I recently just finished a whole musical virtually for a high school because I couldn't go to the school to choreograph the musical. And I thought, Oh, here we are again, telling the story through movement and how am I going to get around these, you know, problem areas. We're doing it virtually. And I thought of Martha again, because, of those entrances and exits and everything's so clear. Like you said, mm-hmm. it, it, the clarity is just right. you're either in or out. Right, or right, not.
1: exactly. Right. And, <laughs> and, and and coming in is not an arbitrary thing. It's it's something significant to the to the to the movement and the work of the piece. Uh but yeah, I, I I think that um, you know, one of the things, especially with contemporary dance now, it's amazing how much of it is has a connection with Martha. And if you see contemporary dance now, I mean a lot of students aren't aware of it just because they haven't had the historical background but I look and I'm saying oh my gosh this is so close to the fiber of a lot of the things that Martha was doing you know yeah I think
0: her work is timeless can you speak a little bit more about that like her work is just timeless
1: well I think particularly now it's starting to come back to the fore it's in in that that uh, people now a lot of dance that you see now particularly in contemporary dance it's usually, it tends to be about something. There's there, if you look at a lot of the dance that you see on television and whatnot, there's there, again, you're always aware of this kind of subtext or the storyline. And, um, and usually it's about some inner landscape of the heart. So because that tends to be an overriding theme of a lot of dance right now, the movement also kind of reflects that. And a lot of that, it really stems from the same kind of point of view that Martha had a lot of in her works as well. So when I look at a lot of the pieces and, and, and even if they aren't done with lyrics, you can see where there's this earthy connection, where there's this, uh, this, this celebration and revelation and, uh, in the, physical, the physicality of the movement you know, and, and you look at dancers now, they're really into just very intricate physical movement. Uh, a yeah. lot of it is crosses boundaries, you know, and whatnot, where it used to be very clear, there was a ballet camp and a modern camp and a jazz. Now this, everything's kind of melting into the center pot right now. Uh, For sure. Which, which um, you know, it has some disadvantages, but I think one of the things that's clear is that it comes from a really, really authentic, you know, place or or tries to strive toward authenticity.
0: Yeah, I feel like her work was always truthful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. really
0: just truthful whatever story she was telling it was it was the truth about those characters or yeah. that movement right. or whatever feeling or motion yeah.
1: and she would often say movement never lies you know yeah. and, and it doesn't it doesn't it's it's uh, and if it comes from a real place it doesn't it's you know it, it either tells it or it doesn't you
0: know, it was, yeah and I talked about that with the students as I was working through the choreography for this musical okay you know I'm like how does this you know move the storyline along is mm. it truthful what is your character how would he or she move You know, if you're an animal, if you're a person, you know, where, where are they coming from and where are they going, you know, emotionally or physically? Um, And so we talked a lot about that and, and they have a moment on stage where they just had to walk forward. It was just a simple thing. And as you know, every dancer is like, well, how am I going to walk forward? You know, (laughs) so I just kept saying, walk with purpose,
1: right? Right.
0: You know, what are you trying to share? And exactly. it was their heart that they were trying to share for that particular moment. So I kept saying, walk with purpose, walk with purpose. Like, where are you going?
1: And even if they don't understand it by the way, I think a lot of dancers are yearning for those kind of directives. They're they're yearning to kind of think about things, you know, whatnot. Yeah. They're, you know, and, and you're seeing that come a lot in like choreography that, that younger dancers are creating now. This that they're usually trying to say something, they're trying to go with the theme or that even in the titles of the works is something to try to spark interest. And so Right. Uh, I think it's great that you, you give, you know, you kind of insist upon that in the process. I think they actually benefit from it.
0: Yeah. I made them journal about it. They might not like me too much this week, but <laughs> we journaled about it, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, write down, why would you do that? Or, you know, right. what is your purpose? You know, Absolutely. what do you love? What is your passion? Write Absolutely. that down and think about that when you are walking forward, you know, it's, it, it's not just a walk. It's transporting yourself to the, you know audience in a way right. that you want to share something. Mm-hmm. It's later. It's later in life that we all were like, man, that was a really great opportunity. I wish yeah. I would have thought about it more. Of understood course. it.
1: Of course. Yeah. Always in retrospect. Sure. Yeah. I
0: believe it. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, Steve. And then when we come back, maybe you can share some more advice for new dancers or mm-hmm. life lessons that you learned through dance. Mm-hmm. You know, what's something that you took away from it? We'll be right back with Mr. Steve Rooks. Wow, Martha Graham was such an inspiration. She was born May 11, 1894 in Allegheny County in Pennsylvania. That's right here in Pittsburgh. And she died April 1st, 1991 in New York, New York. She is known for her contract and release modern dance technique based on the breathing cycle she definitely changed dance forever. Some of her most powerful choreographies such as Night Journey or Appalachian Spring was known for revealing the inner man. And some of her best quotes are, dance is the hidden language of the soul of the body and the body never lies. My personal favorite is great dancers are not great because of their technique. They are great because of their passion. Let's celebrate Martha Graham's birthday. I think she would be 127 if my calculation is correct. So put on your best contract and release movement on May 11th and celebrate Martha Graham's birthday. And now back to Steve Rooks. Welcome back everyone. We're here with Mr. Steve Rooks talking all about Martha Graham, her technique. Um, Steve, what's some advice that you would give dancers of today? You know, Maybe something, a life lesson that you learned through dance.
1: Well, I, uh, it's interesting. Uh, there's kind of been this consistent pattern in, in, in my life. I think some of it is an outgrowth of me starting dance rather late. Um, I had to do the extra work, but then I found out in that process of the quote unquote extra work, there's actually a great benefit in that. I'm always encouraging dancers if they're really serious about pursuing it, as if it's a life passion, that just taking class really isn't enough. You really, do you really, do you really have to do. It's all the homework that helps build you, and it, it can mean taking some supplementary classes in, like a Pilates or or Geratonas or something like that. Uh, it could also mean going to museums and just getting inspired, you know, and, and thinking about art. Uh, but a lot of it is is doing a self-diagnosis about, okay, this some of the things that I'd like to accomplish and journaling and writing. And then um, what is going to help me get to this task? When I first got in the gram company, I was one of the smaller men. One of the directors came and said, you know, hey, you know, we love your dancing, but you know, you need to probably think about, you know, strengthening your upper back and all like that. And I didn't have the, we we were dancing so much. I didn't have the luxury of going to a gym all the time. So I developed a push-up program. And actually when I first started, when I was doing, um, uh, like 15 four sets of 15 push-ups and then i just kept building it up by fives and then by the end of a year and a half i was doing four sets of 65 uh-huh. and yeah so i you know i kept going but uh, my point is not so much to talk about the push-ups but the fact that it, that i knew that i had to take a diagnostic approach to we're trying to correct this.
0: What can you I do? Can, right? Yeah,
1: what can you do? And, and so I think that for one, I would recommend that all dancers do that. They need to do self-evaluation, yes. say, where am I at? Where do I want to go? What beside, beyond just taking class will help me get there? Is it a physical development or is it some mental development? Is it getting inspired? Is it reading more? So that would be one thing. And the other thing is to, to really celebrate the process, you know? And I mean, we're, we're in a culture now that it's very, very you know immediate gratification. And I don't say that as a criticism, it's just a reality. Um, and so we're geared toward thinking of getting to the finished product and not celebrating the process. And dance is the one, I always tell students, dance, you have to love dance so much because most of your experience with dance will be in a classroom studio. It's not like for every class you take, you get one performance. Sometimes after 150 classes, you get... Yes two performances and one of them's a matinee. And so it's, it's really getting to a place where, you know, as, as, as you, you want to celebrate and treasure each moment and absorb everything you're being taught, where even if it's in an idiom or technique that you're not even passionate about, there's something you can get from it that would be beneficial. Yeah.
0: yeah the other thing that I, I have taken was getting certified in Pilates, getting certified in yoga. To me, that was my like strength training, conditional yeah. training, but also mental training, yes, you know, absolutely. Take a breather. You know, I always tell dancers or performers. You know, if we're doing theater or something, take a breath before you yeah. go on stage.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Take an inhale well, and an exhale. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But also something that you mentioned earlier. You said you were making them write in the journals, and that's not a slight thing. That's actually really great. That's a great habit to get because it, yes. it, it puts you in a place of thinking about things and reflecting on your life and seeing where you are in this journey.
0: Yeah, uh, so I, I used I to do floor cool. paths all the time, like write around like draw where I want the dancers to be and be like oh is this a flower what is this saying you know like, <laughs> it started looking like art so you just yeah. take a break and and kind of look at all of those things and like you said do a diagnostic you know dive in yeah. what what else can I do I like that you also studied music I know a lot of dancers they have trouble with musicality
1: yeah well we, we also one of the one of the challenges now is that m- most dance classes are taught to record now and that's again, that's not a criticism, that's just a thing. Yeah, I mean fortunately sure here here at Vasa we have live accompaniments, which is great because the students get to have that experience. Because of that nuances in music and listening to music and having to follow music isn't as critical when it's recorded and consistent all the time. Yes. Um, I, I think I I'm, you know I, I know that I'm probably a little prejudiced in this, but I think it's a good idea for dancers to take a music appreciation course. Oh my, I my gosh, they, I think they because, should study
0: music, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. They need to have their ears opened up to possibilities so they're not locked into just doing the cool tunes that they like. But then, try, you know, they may try something that's in a totally different idiom, something a classical right. piece of music, you know, or jazz, or, you know, yeah, drums. We love drums like that, but we also like this folk music here. Right. You know, and, and just having the ability to be able to enter into that world and kind of dissect what's going on. And also just in terms of just being able to dance better having a greater relationship with the music cuz i you know it's 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 nerve-wracking to see a dancer with 10 ears and 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 not having that connection with the music.
0: I agree because that is a conversation. Music and dance is a conversation yeah. and you have to be able to listen as well as speak in the conversation. Well,
1: well, if you think about it, you know when you go to see a dance performance, both there are two things that are happening. You're looking at the movement and you're listening to the music. And right. So, significant you know uh, part of, of the whole creative process when you're choreographing the music you know what the audience is hearing is pretty significant and it has to have some sort of relationship or at least inform what you're seeing on stage
0: I agree um I know I've had seven years of piano oh. I'm not sure I was the greatest piano <laughs> player but I had piano I know how to read music and it really yeah. comes in handy as oh, I do a yeah. lot of musicals Mm-hmm. And i'm reading scores as well sure. as the script and you have to do more as a dancer and choreographer we have lots of hats sometimes yes,
1: exactly you exactly. know
0: how what's the lighting going to look like what's the mm-hmm. costumes how can they move in the costumes so yeah explore their dance experience to the nth degree Absolutely. there's no limits there's no boundaries and yeah. every dancer probably out there is listening going yeah I, I have three or four other jobs that I do that I didn't realize.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly.
0: And that's great because it enhances your experience as a dancer. Absolutely, and I think
1: absolutely. it's yeah. just going to be more tools in the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also and then when you we have it too, then then nothing's wasted. I mean, you know, no. what, what you can learn about lighting, what you can learn about music, what you can learn about taking that, you know, one hip hop class or taking a tap class or taking this or taking hula you know what just this all of those things you know can can I be added into this toolbox of experience that hopefully if you approach it with the right attitude will just enhance your development as an artist
0: it's amazing steve i appreciate all of your inspirational words today and i hope all of the dancers and artists that are listening around the world today i hope they take your advice and it really expand on whatever they're doing and really you know, take those opportunities and, and not miss out. Well, thank you for sharing your story and advice. Um, I know I'm inspired and I can't wait to get back in your classroom. Eventually.
1: I can't It's got to happen. So we got to figure gotta out how happen. that's going to happen, you know, but thank listen, you.
0: even if it's virtually Steve, I don't care. Let's do
1: okay. it. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Whenever so
0: I'm going to sneak into one of your college classes. I just want to be <laughs> in the back and sweat again. I love oh, it.
1: Love it, too. All right. good. Thank you. All right.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the dance floor wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Anna Harsh. And until next time, keep moving and grooving on the dance floor.